Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. So pleased to welcome now House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, who's feeling pretty good because he notched a couple of wins last week in uh, California's 25th special election, Mike Garcia, up in Wisconsin in the 7th. And he got bipartisan opposition to the $3 trillion cash for cannabis absurd bill that Nancy Pelosi managed to get out of the House, but which is dead on arrival in the Senate. Leader McCarthy, welcome back to the Hugh Hewitt Show. Thanks, you for having me back, and you're right about uh, these victories, but they're bigger than people can think. Uh, to win in California, to take a, re- a Democrat seat and make it Republican, that has not happened since 1998, 22 years. And it wasn't even close. And when you look back, this is a seat, it'll be the only seat in Congress that a Republican holds that, that Hillary Clinton carried by a majority. Um, the Democrats won it by nine points just a little less than two years ago, and we just won it back by more than nine points. I had Mike Garcia on the new congressman-elect. He may have been sworn in by now. I'm not even sure. No, Tuesday. 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 All right. So I had him on the show twice last week before the vote, and I mean, perfect candidate, fighter pilot, entrepreneur, defense industry, uh, Latino. I mean, perfect candidate. You're gonna he's gonna run for Senate, I think, Kevin. Uh, this is gonna be this is you got him for like two years or something like that. And in uh, tell us about Wisconsin seven. I, I mean, that's shocking to win in California twenty fifth. But Democrats thought they were gonna win Wisconsin seven because of the weird Supreme Court vote weeks ago. Yeah, the, the, the Democrats are misreading all this. The, they're misreading the American public because it's it's how they're dealing. They, they think. This crisis of this virus is an opportunity to restructure government, and I think everybody else is looking at it for something much different, trying to defeat this virus and get this economy moving and back open. Wisconsin 7, we got Tom Tiffany, a state senator, but also a small business owner, and that's really – people are raising this question, who is best to rebuild this economy? And when we talked about Mike Garcia, you know he's a first-generation American. His family came from Mexico. He strived and worked hard in America, and he got an appointment to the Naval Academy. He excelled there and became a fighter pilot. I mean, if you ever want to have a definition of America, just look at Mike Garcia's life. And that's yep. why he's a Republican. Yep. Now, now tell us a little bit. Uh, the, the blue bubble is a hell of a drug leader. And when Democrats take that drug, they think the country agrees with them. I went on Al Sharpton's show because I never miss a chance to go and preach. And I went in with one intention, to let the MSNBC audience know that you had won two big wins. I never got the chance. It's a blue bubble. They don't know that you're actually winning out there. They, if you get out of, out of the urban metropolises, which are the heart and soul of, of the blue bubble, New York, Manhattan, Silicon Valley, L.A., they don't have any idea what the country thinks of the cash for cannabis bill. No, and that's exactly right. That bill of $3 trillion never went through any committee. But what's worse about it is it mentions cannabis more than it ever mentions a job. And the, the foundation of that bill are all things that the Democrats had passed about a year ago. Changing election law, federalizing it. Um, that's what they wanted to do. Prioritizing prisoners. Um, what they're doing about illegal immigrants and others. That's all bills that they had already passed, and they viewed this. And this is what's sickening what the Democrats are doing. They think this is an opportunity to enforce their socialism. That's what that bill is about. 
You know, in 1983, there was an election in England, and the Labor Party put out its um, manifesto. It was called, it was a 39-page booklet. It was called The Longest Suicide Note in History. I think <laughs> this bill last week is the longest political suicide note in history. I think it's passed the 1983 Labor Party manifesto because it's just nuts, Leader McCarthy. The other thing, you want to look at modern history in the U.K. now. Um, that victory that they just had was bigger than Margaret Thatcher. What Boris was able to do, and you know what he focused on? He focused on districts that Labor had but voted for Brexit, voted for freedom. We just won in California. Haven't done that since 1998. We have 42 other districts that Democrats sit in that are better than that one. It now only takes 17 seats to win the majority. When Pelosi was sworn in as Speaker, it was 19. They have lost two in that time period, a Democrat switching over. So what we're finding is, yes, they are living in a blue bubble, but they're viewing it as an opportunity to try to make that blue bubble across the nation, and that is what people are fighting back on. Listen to what Nancy Pelosi said when we wanted to bring forth a committee on China. I worked for more than a year to have a bipartisan no politics about it, to have the same number of Republicans and Democrats on a committee focused upon what China is doing around the world. We need one strategy from America to be able to compete against this to understand it. She said yes, but in February she backed away. Now she calls when I put together a task force on it that it's a diversion. It's a diversion to look at China who brought us this virus who lied to the world, who allowed planes to go internationally from Wuhan, but stopped it from domestically going anyplace else in China, who hoarded that personal protection, the masks, the gowns, and others from the rest of the world when they knew and lied, who influenced the World Health Organization, who some would call it the Wuhan Health Organization. And then you look at what they're utilizing this crisis to try to get Huawei into other countries as well. This is not a diversion. This is something we need to stand up to. The recent study said 95% of this would never happen had China not lied to the world. We could have contained it there. Just Look uh, at the pain it's causing. Just before you came on, Under Secretary of State uh, Kroc was on with me, and he said, I'm quoting, this is truly a malign regime hell-bent on global domination. Now, he's out of Silicon Valley. He's the guy who ran DocuSign, the company yeah, that's nearest to dearest. he's a great guy. guy. Great guy, and he's a Buckeye. I hope you know that, uh, Kevin yeah. McCarthy. He's from Cleveland. He's a Browns fan, so that should tell you something about where you can colla- you, you can align. I mean, correlation is not causation, but there's a lot of causation there. If you're rooting for the Browns, you're a lot of insight into America. Uh, he is very explicit about the Huawei connection. I don't think the American people know, and it certainly is true that the Democrats don't get, that the CCP is, is hell-bent on destroying our leadership of the world. They're utilizing this time period. I know for a personal fact, I had CEOs tell me, when we were out trying to purchase PPE here in California, that they had lost a purchase because Macron called she asking for PPE. And you know what she said, asked back to him? You've got to allow Huawei in, and we'll send you some. Even though France, when this first happened, sent um, that personal protection to China, they're selling it back to France and utilizing it to try to have greater control of a supply chain. And look what do we have now. We don't make aspirin. We don't make vitamins. We don't make penicillin in this country because China controls the mechanism and the ingredients. Critical minerals and others. Look at Harvard. One of the top professors arrested just this year 
based upon being paid from China to look at these 1,000 mines that they're trying to steal across this country. And what are they doing now? Why the ingenuity of America continues to not only solve this problem for us, but for the world, our antibodies and our vaccines, they're hacking, trying to steal that, which actually slows down our ability to do it, which leads directly to more deaths. Now, Leader McCarthy, you got 14 Democrats to stand up against cash for cannabis. Uh, your counterpart in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, he, you know, the classic hedgehog in the Fox. He's the hedgehog. He knows the one big thing, which is we will not get to recovery without liability protection unless we get tort reform, unless we absolutely protect businesses and Americans and colleges and universities and schools and governments from lawsuits by the plaintiff's bar alleging causation for uh, the virus, which, of course, all goes back to Wuhan, the WHO and the PRC and the CCP. Is that, in your view, the un, uh, undeniable must have in any phase four liability yeah. reform? Yes, because they're going after not just our businesses, the universities, everything they'll sue. And every time the Democrats will stand with the trial lawyers, when we passed our very first supplemental dealing with this, we asked that they, we could actually have some protection for 3M so we could have more masks because they build different types of masks, some for within surgery, some for within commercial work, but can still be used. It would mean 30 million more masks. The Democrats said no. We had to wait until we got our second bill, till it became even a greater crisis, till the, when the Democrats would bend a little. Because going against the trial lawyers, they will never will. And that's only going to harm and weaken our economy further if we don't. So let's talk briefly about the map in the fall. First of all, what's the big organization that you're using to raise money for the GOP? Well, uh, takethehouse.com is the number one place we go to. This helps all members and helps uh, the NRCC be able to get there. That is the best place to go, takethehouse.com. Takethehouse.com. So how does it look? How does the map? You went from 19 to 17. You're getting closer do you have 17? Do you have 20? Do you have 30 targets? How many targets have you got? Well, I believe if you're not willing to compete in every race, then you're not ever going to get there. The first measurement, do you have enough candidates? Normally, people only get 380. We've surpassed it. We'll have a candidate almost every single seat, over 420. If we're competing and winning in California, we can win anywhere. We have more. The record for Republican women running was 143. We're at 260. I believe in our most competitive races, we'll have more women than we have men in the competition after the primaries. We've got, if you look at from veterans, Wesley Hunt down in, down in Texas, in Houston. He has a story like Mike Garcia. He, he went to West Point. He happens to be African-American. He flew Apaches for eight years. He's never been elected before. And he won the primary outright, didn't need a runoff. He's ahead right now. Or you look at young Kim out in Southern California coming from South Korea. Or Michelle Steele, same story coming from South Korea. We have an opportunity to tell American story, but understand who's best to stand up against China and who's best to rebuild this economy, which was the strongest one we've ever had prior to this virus. I believe the candidates that we have recruited are the ones that you're going to find. Now, President Trump seems genuinely optimistic about his reelection chances. I mean, genuinely. He's not just smiling and putting on a show, though he can obviously do that when he wants to. Am I correct in believing that he believes thoroughly he's going to win? Yeah. I, I, look, I'm just coming off going to Camp David with him this weekend. I've never, I've never known a person that has 
a stronger work ethic. It doesn't matter where he, at, where he is or what time. This man is focused 24-7. And what's interesting here is you can take every measurement. And if you're not, if you're not believing he can win, think of this. He is willing to travel. He's willing to work 24 hours a day. Joe Biden won't come out of the basement. Joe Biden's afraid to go even on television. It is a very clear story of which one is better to rebuild an economy. And if you look at and you take any polling that you want, Joe Biden is behind where Hillary was at this moment. President Bush, if you look at the current numbers, is ahead of where even Obama was at this moment. Um, you mean so President Trump? The the President Trump is ahead of where President Obama was? You said President yes. Bush. Okay. Oh, President I'm sorry. Trump. I'm sorry. Yeah. President, really? He's better off in, in the polling? Yes. Wow. Well, uh, look, I think it's going to be a wild ride. It all depends on whether the economy comes back. It will not come back under that cash for cannabis bill. It just won't. It'll kill the economy. That is the longest political suicide note in history. Are you going to run on, the, on her bill, Kevin McCarthy? <laughs> her bill is going nowhere. Even the Democrats are against it. This is not only will we run on it, we'll take every Democrat that voted for it and make them defend it. But the one part that your audience needs to understand, too, it wasn't just about passing that bill that never went through a committee, which was the biggest bill ever to go to the floor. It was changing the rules of the floor that empower the Democrats even further. You know, our founders would be ashamed we're not assembling. You can go just a few blocks away and go to a Starbucks and get a coffee, a tea, whatever you want. You can go 100 yards and go over to the Senate, and they're working. It's the House that is not, and we're essential. She holds us back to give herself more power. Now she changed the rules of the floor, where she brought in proxy voting, where one member can hold 10 proxies, 10 votes. So it only takes 20 members to control the entire floor. So it's not about opening up a campus. It's about bringing the voice of the American public back. We all loan our voice to our members of Congress, but no longer. Now 20 people control it all. Continued good success, Kevin McCarthy, uh, as you had in uh, California 25 and Wisconsin 7. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Lon Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. College students should be returning to campus this fall. For some colleges and universities, the decision to bring back in-person research and instruction is a matter of basic economic survival. But even where it is not, the pandemic crisis threatens the essence of college life. Even the best distance learning program cannot replace the normal interactions that take place on the college campus. A return to in-person instruction should follow a strategy based on the latest science, balanced with efforts to restore campus life and protect the vulnerable. It begins with a comprehensive testing and contact tracing plan. Colleges should also focus on residential environments where social distancing may be difficult. And not all students or faculty will be able to come back at the same time. Some combination of distance learning with in-person instruction will be needed. It will be tough to bring students back to college campuses this fall, but it's an effort well worth making. I'm Lon He Chen. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow.